Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include Groundhog Day, an interview with Michael Dunn, CMB, on the latest happenings in the world of compliance, and the latest readings on the U.S. economy. Thank you to Active Comply for sponsoring today's podcast. Active Comply, making social media monitoring simpler, more compliant, and at a lower cost. Active Comply's cloud-based solution for mortgage lenders, banks, and credit unions helps them engage with social media safely to meet compliance and archival requirements. Easily find and monitor loan officers on 10 social media sites, including TikTok, from one unified platform. Scan images like cover photos for trigger terms and licensing information. Find inappropriate language or political terms to protect your brand image. Schedule a 30-minute demo or request a free social media compliance report at activecomply.com. Here we are at Groundhog Day. A rodent predicting the weather has little tie-in with the 1993 movie of repeating the same day over and over again. But, you know, locks are certainly not repeating 2021 levels for January with initial anecdotal pipeline numbers down 30 to 40%. Are you reducing costs accordingly? When the residential lending market is good, owners think that they're the smartest people in the room. And in the last two years, volume and margins have covered up a lot of faults. And now, homeowners are all real estate geniuses? Now, however, effective management is going to be tougher. Mortgage fraud is growing, and I've received more than one email about kickbacks on the rise. Great. Speaking of compliance, for today's interview, I wanted to welcome back onto the show, Michael Dunn, CMB, to talk about the latest in compliance. Michael currently serves as general counsel to FBC Mortgage, LLC. He is a member of the Florida Bar's Real Property, Probate and Trust, Law Section, Real Property, Finance and Lending Committee, Labor and Employment Law Section, and Young Lawyers Division. He is also an active member of the United States Middle and Northern District Courts in Florida, and he's proud to be a participating affiliate member of the American Association of Residential Mortgage Regulators, or AARMR, the Central Florida Compliance Association, the National Mortgage Bankers Association, Legal Issues and Regulatory Compliance Committee, and the Mortgage Bankers Association of Central Florida, along with the Certified Mortgage Compliance Professional designation from the MBA. Good morning. Good morning. We've seen mortgage rates rise recently, and that means margin compression for originators. What are some potential social media blunders you could see arising from that? We've seen some more aggressive uh, marketing campaigns that sometimes can fall outside of a company's purview. So the risk is that you have individual loan originators that are taking a more aggressive approach, not informing their companies and potentially uh, having fair lending issues on, on the ads, respite issues, things like that. Um, we've seen everything from straight up offers and to for incentives to realtors and things like that to something more subtle which is just uh providing links to realtor listings and and marketing events by realtors and so um looking out for patterns and practices is what a compliance officer should probably be doing because that's what's what an examiner will be doing um, and it's not necessarily interest rate related but we have seen a massive increase in social activism type posts, which from a company perspective, it's uh, reputation risk, branding, um, messaging, those types of things are, are outside of, of the company's control at that point. Um, 
and we've seen it from all sides. So it's not like one particular political uh, viewpoint is being spewed more than another. But we have seen an increase in those social activism posts on business sites and on business pages. Um, and then you want to think in terms of what could present a fair lending problem in some of these advertisements, because social media posts are advertisements um, and we have to think of them that way. Do we want this post potentially on the front page of uh, a newspaper? Um, would this be good for our company? Those are the types of questions that that we ask ourselves. And, and we have seen an increase in aggressive marketing uh, campaigns. And if it's outside of the company purview, that can get us in trouble. So outside of aggressive marketing campaigns, when it comes to compliance, what, what are some subjects that are top of mind in 2022? Top of mind for me, uh, fair lending is the first thing that comes to my mind. And fair lending is a, a large topic, but some subtopics under fair lending that we are aggressively uh, addressing within our company right now is, is language accessibility. Um, limited English proficiency is, is a topic that um, there's a bill in Congress right now that, that has been introduced to, to address some of this in the financial uh, services sector. But for lenders in particular, we're largely dependent on the software vendors for, for documentation and how that's going to play out with regards to language accessibility and what our language access program looks like. What does it look like on paper? What does it look like um, with regards to disclosures? Those are things that are top of mind. We're aware of the MOU between the FHFA and HUD, which is Advancing Fair Housing and Fair Lending Enforcement. And we think that that language accessibility uh, program is going to be necessary for all lenders. And so we're, we're aggressively looking at that. Another thing that's top of mind is how are examiners and regulators in the future going to audit for the diversity, equity, and inclusion programs that we're seeing starting to be required by, by different agencies in warehouse banks and, and larger investors. So if you're an independent mortgage banker and you do not have a diversity, equity, and inclusion program, when are you going to adopt one? What is it going to look like? Are you going to perform the self-assessments that the MBA has provided to you? And what does your charter look like in the, in, along those lines? And then are we going to be audited for our diversity, equity, and inclusion program? Is that something that, that the auditors are going to look at? And as long as you have a program in place, you're fine? Or does the program have to meet certain criteria? Those are questions that are still kind of lingering out there. Um, and so those are things that are top of mind. Do different states have different social media laws when it comes to real estate and the mortgage industry? Are there, are there stricter states than others? What's the best way for companies to stay on top of this? Well, what states have done is they've lumped social media into advertising laws. And so companies are required to comply with the Truth and Lending Act and different state uh, record retention laws with regards to advertisements. Um, and they've lumped social media into that category. So lenders, for example, need to be thinking about how are we archiving these pages? How are we Re, uh, retaining records of these advertisements. If all social media posts are advertisements with regards to uh, referring to mortgage rates and, and uh, mortgage programs and things like that on business pages, how are we retaining those records? How are we archiving that? So that's one thing. And there's 
certain states that have uh, more strict or more specific disclosure requirements, such as Texas requires a consumer complaint disclosure. Um, Virginia has a NMLS consumer access link requirement. California has some specific language with regard uh, under uh, and requirements under the uh, CCPA to disclose. Um, Massachusetts has certain certain requirements. So some states have stricter requirements, but for the most part, states have lumped social media posts into that definition of advertisement, which subjects that ad to all of the Truth in Lending Act and, and advertising rules of the state. To add to that, what we've seen is a shift in the approach of examiners with regards to examining these ads. What they tend to do is provide you a report right up front in the examination saying, here's what we were able to find online. We found these three violations on these various Facebook pages, LinkedIn pages, whatever, and then they provide you a report. And what I think that they're doing is they're generally checking out the company before they come in to, to sit down for the examination. And I think they're trying to determine, okay, what level of compliance does this company have? Or do they care? Are they paying attention to compliance rules in their, in their social media posts? It's a quick and easy way for them to see if that company has a culture of compliance. As I mentioned in your bio, you are part of the MBA's Legal Issues and Regulatory Compliance Committee. Any takeaways from any takeaways for you from the recent MBA meetings that you've attended? Yeah, so from my perspective, um, dealing with operations a lot within my organization, robotics is something that is uh, top of mind with regards to how that's going to be treated from a compliance perspective. So when I talk, when I mention that, these are automated decision-making systems, right? And so these engines are going to be spitting out scores that that might meet a certain minimum criteria and then they're going to provide the company with recommendations on approvals or denials based on those scores and so to the extent that that results in any disparate impact from a fair lending perspective how are those robotics systems going to be audited by examiners and then if they do provide a disparate impact or, or result in a disparate impact, how are companies monitoring for that and then making adjustments? And so the unknown is how examiners are going to be auditing the code because robotics is largely uh, written by, by developers and, and people behind the scenes. How are auditors going to audit those things? Are they going to just shift the burden to the to the lender to show them, hey, prove to us that, that the code that you wrote is compliant and not discriminatory. Um, how are they going to audit against that? So that's something that that we've um, that I've heard talked about at the, at the recent conferences. Um, in general, the thought is that the CF, this new CFPB director is, is aggressive and he will be examining for issues surrounding fair lending, RESPA, LO Comp, and et cetera. And so we're kind of re monitoring consent orders like we were under the the last Democrat administration um, to see if there's a reemergence of the rulemaking by uh, enforcement philosophy of the of that um, corduroy CFPB. We'll see if this new CFPB director takes that similar approach. 
Well, I appreciate you sharing all this. And I think that FBC Mortgage is very lucky to have you as general counsel because uh, you, are, you are on top of all these things. And uh, I appreciate the time as always. All right, Robbie. Thank you very much for having me. Turning to rates, it was an uneventful day in the bond market yesterday, though we did receive some indicators of the direction of the U.S. economy. The January ISM Manufacturing Index dipped, but still beat expectations as January marked the 20th straight month of expansion for the manufacturing sector. Pricing pressures worsened in January as supply chain problems persisted, meaning manufacturing registered the slowest pace since September 2020 as the effects of the Omicron variant impacted production. Closer to the point of a daily commentary on the mortgage business, total construction spending increased 0.2% month-over-month in December, but missed expectations and was the slowest pace of increase in six months. New single-family construction remained strong, reflecting the ongoing demand for new homes amid a scarcity of supply in the existing home market. Shortages of skilled labor and materials remained big issues, acting as a break on the economy from the supply side, not the demand side. Recent economic news is contributing to investors' angst about the Fed pivoting to a more hawkish mindset as it works to tamp down inflation pressures. Speaking of which, Philadelphia Fed President Harker and St. Louis Bullard spoke yesterday, with the takeaway being that the Fed must act hawkishly, but that a 50 basis point rate hike at the March meeting would be a bit severe. Today's calendar kicked off with mortgage applications shooting up 12% from one week earlier, per the MBA Weekly Mortgage Application Survey when another dip was actually expected with mortgage rates rising during the reporting period. Ahead of tomorrow's payrolls report, we saw this morning that ADP employment for January came in down 301,000 versus expectations of coming in up 207,000. It's a half million swing. Later this morning brings a quarterly refunding announcement where further cuts in coupons are expected despite the increase in Monday's quarterly funding estimate. And Q4 housing vacancies and home ownership rate as well as the desk purchasing up to $3.6 billion in 30 years ranging from 2% to 3%. We begin the day with agency MBS prices unchanged and the 10-year yielding 1.78 versus yesterday's close at 1.80% after the week ADP number. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. The frequency of sexual activity of senior males depends on where they were born. Statistics were just released from Statistics Canada and the United Nations Board of Health Teams. They revealed that North American, British, Australian, and New Zealand men between 55 and 80 years of age will, on average, have sex two to three times a week, whereas Japanese men in exactly the same age group will have sex only once or twice per year, if they are lucky. This has come as very upsetting news to most of my buddies at the tennis club, as none of us had any idea that we were Japanese. Thanks again to today's sponsor, Actively Comply. Actively Comply, making social media monitoring simpler, more compliant, and at a lower cost. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.